thanks to the Lord and call upon his name but also make known his deeds among the people sing to him sing psalms to him and talk about all his wondrous works you know really coming to a gathering of family you know we don't come to have church here we come to have an encounter with the father and and to do that, I could follow this right here, and I could talk about you all day long. Because it says, talk about his wondrous works. Oh, I don't think they heard me, Gregory. Might need to turn me up a little bit, because uh, you, 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 you are the wondrous works of the Father. You, Miss Angela, back there in the back. You're the wondrous work of God. All down through here. Those of you looking on the camera or listening on the podcast, you are the wondrous work of God. So long we've thought about, we want to see the, the mighty miracle, right? We want to see the legs grow and we want to see the, uh, you know, we've seen arms completely healed. We've seen those kinds of things so many times. And I mean, man, but that doesn't compare, it doesn't compare to the look of a son or a daughter whose heart explodes with love from the Heavenly Father and brings him to a new place of revelation with him or a new place of understanding with him. I'm not trying to knock those little things that, you know, growing legs are great, blind eyes open and it's beautiful, but it doesn't compare. Eric, it doesn't compare to the heart shift. When, when you and I step into something deeper with Father where He shows us and does something in us, it doesn't compare. At least, Jim, it doesn't in my book. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm off. But He says, Talk of all His wondrous works, glory in His holy name, and let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Amen. Seek his face forevermore and remember his marvelous works, which he has done. His wonders in the judgments of his mouth. You know why we can process and wonder about the judgments of our father's mouth? A lot of way you hear judgment and a lot of people, they get negative. Oh, I don't want to be judged. I thank God that I'm judged by him <laughs> because he's a righteous judge. He's a good father, right? So remember his wonders and his judgments. He says, O seed of Abraham, his servants, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones. You're chosen. You're chosen. Amen. So, Father, this morning, I just thank you for the wondrous works that you 
have sliding around and sitting, laying, laughing, crying, shouting here, lifting hands, some of us. These are your wondrous works right here. I'm so thankful for what you've done, but I'm blown away by what you're doing, and we're excited for what you're going to do, God. You're good. You're more than good. You're just amazing. There is no good, better, best with you, Father. There's just the best. <laughs> You're just the best. I thank you this morning because you're so good. Man. He's good, amen. Anybody else? Yeah? You feel him this morning? Anybody hear him or sense him? Smell that sweet aroma, right? It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else feel the anointing? Yeah. He's good, amen? And we get to come together and see what he wants to do. It's beautiful. Man, I'm just thankful this morning, Father. I'm thankful that we come into your presence and you take us deeper. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people some people go to church this morning and they can't wait to get out. And I think all of us just can't wait to get in. <laughs> yeah. Man. Thank you, Father. He's good. Amen. Man, and y'all are beautiful, man. I love what he's doing. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Somebody started clapping there, man. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Adriana and Sarah, Carrie. Man, it's awesome what God's doing up here, huh? I'm, I'm loving it. I get to kick back and have some fun. It's cool. Well, he's good. We're here. We, uh, we're excited to be stepping into this new year and what's all going on and what he's got planned. And, and we're excited for the stuff that we don't even know about yet. <laughs> the great unknown that we don't know. We're, we're trying to figure it out, but... It's good to be in Dad's house, amen? Uh, we uh, have a, just a couple of things to cover. Uh, Marilyn's out today. She's uh, with Hoyle. They went to visit family in Tennessee, so be praying for them. Uh, did they drive? Yeah, so be praying for um, that Hoyle makes it all the way there without Marilyn ripping his ears off or something. No, honestly. Yeah, just kidding. Um, be praying for them for safe travels. And um, I don't know, I know there were a few people sick during the week. I don't, I don't know if you see the WhatsApp and I don't remember who it was, but we were praying for somebody. But man, if y'all ever have a need or man, something is going on um, and, and you just want the, the family to pray and just put it in there in front of them, uh, we have a WhatsApp uh, group. There's also text message if you don't do the WhatsApp and we're trying to work on some things where communication like that would be tied together a little easier, and we're working on some stuff, and, you know, it's just growing, amen? Uh, it's uh, so, but if you ever need something, man, just reach out, please, just, that's why we're here is for the community, but, um, and to, uh, to be the light of the community, to be the extension of the heart and the authority of the Father, we're not here for anything else. We want to release the kingdom. Well, what is releasing the kingdom? If you've been in Dub's uh, uh, School of Kingdom, that's, that's, that's his line. I, I stole it. 
and I'm going to drive it like I stole it. I'm going to take it and run with it. I just think there's no simpler explanation for me right now is that what is, what is the kingdom of God or what does it look like to walk in that and release that? It's simply extending the heart and the authority of the Father from heaven to this earth through you and your sphere of influence. That's what the kingdom is. That's what we're here to do. And so, uh, yeah, amen. I love it. Thank you. Um, but, uh, man, we, uh, where's our, uh, we got our kiddos ready to go today, and I don't think there's any other announcements. I'm trying to remember. I don't have a list or nothing, man. We're just real laid back over here. I'm sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> um, there's Stephanie Abel. There's the boys. Are you going back there too? All right. Don't be fighting with Roger anymore. Y'all watch out for Hoyle, man. He's, he's fighting with you. Let me know if he does that again. I'll... I'm just kidding. Man, these kids are awesome, amen. And I, I really want to thank Lydia this morning. Uh, you know, she heads all that up. And, you know, she's not just back there looking for a VeggieTales movie or uh, uh, I don't even know what nowadays would be, but um, she's back there teaching them how to hear the Father. We don't want to just teach them Bible stories. Matter of fact, we, we'd rather teach them to live it. And she's teaching them to hear the Father's heart. Amen? So be praying for her, for wisdom and hearing herself, uh, and for these kiddos. Right now, we just pray over them in the name of Jesus. You know, there's junior Holy Spirit. So we pray for Holy Spirit just to move in and around and through them and speak to them and just let His heart be revealed in their hearts. Amen. So Father, bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all have at it. You look good, Hoyle. I know I joke with you a lot, but you look good. Yeah. Whew. Well, if you're uh, staying in sanctuary this morning, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. Um, let me know when you're there. Give me, a, give me an amen or, or a Shondai or Shakalaka or a Shazam, anything. That's what we used to tell the, when Raquel and I did um, kids' church for a long time, we, um, we used to tell the kids, instead of saying amen, we'd, they'd say Shazam. And uh, it was really cool. Um, Shazam, yeah. Um, Hebrews 3. This morning... Um, well, I'm trying to work digital this morning, actually. So let me, forgot that I did that. <laughs> I put my notes all on digital platform this morning. Um, so we're going to try this today. See if I can get a little technical. Um, um, I'm going to be in the New American Standard, and I'm going to jump around um, uh, to the Passion a little bit. But... Um, Man, this morning, there, there's been some stuff going on in the last couple of weeks, and, uh, and just what, what God's been doing here, it just, it's so interesting um, and, and beautiful, just with a lot of the conversation we're having. And I know, man, in, in the worship the last few weeks, there's been just an a, a, just a amazing shift. It's been crazy. Y'all, you know, some of y'all have shared some of the instances that have been happening, and um, uh, and it's been the same for us, you know, on the team we talk and, uh, and, and then sometimes you'll see us, sometimes we make mistakes, uh, just because we mess up. 
And sometimes we make mistakes because our hands don't work. Like they're like, we're like zoning out, you know, Holy Spirit kind of hits you a little. I think I mentioned this last week. We get a little punch drunk from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else ever been there? Yeah. And uh, so we've been talking about just, just what we're experiencing uh, a little bit, and it's, it's just been powerful. But um, last week I made a statement <clears throat> about um, capacity, and I've, I've toyed with a couple of things in this statement a few times over the past couple of months and everything. Um, and the statement that I kind of brought that from is that uh, I made the statement that we actually, you know, when you make that... Um, that request that says, uh, you know, give me more, Lord, I want more, right? I need more. We may need more, but um, you and I actually have already been given everything. Like there's, there's nothing more that he can give. Uh, and so the, uh, and that's backed up in the scripture. Uh, so don't throw your Bible at me wanting to know where it is. I'll tell you. Uh, it's a couple spots, uh, Ephesians and Colossians and a couple others, but so he's already given his all, right? Given his all to his sons, to his daughters, to his family. And the, so not the problem, but the issue is that you and I have not stepped into the capacity of what else we can carry or walk in. And so the, the issue is stepping into capacity, if you want to call it an issue or the, the statement. So this morning, I want to talk about two things. I want to share two things with you that uh, that might hinder your capacity or mine. Um, because I, I know all of us want the most capacity. Like we want everything. Yes? Amen. You want everything in the Lord. But do you, um, do you let your five-year-old get in your car and get on the freeway as fast as he can go? No, you don't do that because he hadn't learned how to drive yet, right? He hadn't stepped into that. Yes? Uh, and and I, I believe it's the same way that there's these things in our life. There's these, um, these roads that we've been on that we've learned how to drive on that road, but that's not actually the road, uh, you know, Bob's road, you know, like in anybody ever seen Twister? You remember that movie Twister, right? You know, where they're down this old back road and he says, what is this? Like Bob's road? You know, there's one thing to drive on Bob's road and there's another thing to get on the freeway. There's another thing to get on the Autobahn. And I think sometimes what's happened is most of us have grown up in a part of our life is on Bob's road. <laughs> we, uh, we have some, some ways in our life and some things in our heart that, that we have to get adjusted to and get off of Bob's road and get on the freeway. And, and only dad can do that. Only dad can say, hey, Chris, this isn't, this isn't how I want you to think. But I have to get to the place where I can handle that capacity. Does that make sense? And so this morning, this week, I was... Um, I was looking at some stuff and just just going through about how God speaks and some different things and and He really started to hit me with this this one word um, and and then it kind of jumped off into two words. But this morning uh, I want to talk about unbelief um, and we're going to look at some few other words uh, this morning. Uh, so I think. Uh, Josiah's kind of taken Raquel's place where Raquel used to get after me about a title and I quit giving him. So Josiah's got to post a message. So it'll be unbelief with a question mark if you're taking notes or anything. But uh, Hebrews 3 right here. So um, let's take a look here. Father, I just thank you for your word uh, and what, that you left us. And I thank you. 
I thank you even more so for your Holy Spirit that guides us through your word. You said that you were leaving, but you would leave us your spirit. And his, one of his main responsibilities is to reveal the Father's heart to us. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, uh, like we sang a while ago, have your way. Reveal to us Father's heart through these words in these passages that we're going to read. Let your spirit move in our hearts, in our thinking, in our uh, intellect, in our soul, in our all five of our senses. Uh, this morning, Holy Spirit, move and flow so that we can step into the next depth of capacity. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, my, my youngest daughter, Hannah, um, uh, man, that girl, she's like me. We believe when you go to the grocery store and you come back home and you're going to take the bags in the house, we believe in making one trip. <laughs> Hannah was like 18 years old and going to the store and coming back. I remember one day she's, <laughs> she's, she's got all these bags on her arms and she's doing the gate with her, with her foot. She's trying to get the gate and she gets it open and then she squeezes in and then, man, the girl puts her arm up and she starts messing with the gate and... And, I mean, she got it. And it was always a joke uh, with us that uh, Hannah makes one trip. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, she could do that because she had the capacity to carry that. And this morning, I want to ask you to think about what's your capacity. And what are the things that you want to increase in capacity? For instance, um, for me, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I... I kind of get smacked in the face when Raquel really talks to me and points out some uh, awesomeness in the waiting. She, she'll, she'll tell me these things, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I want to go there. <laughs> so there's capacity that we want to step into, but there's also capacity that you don't realize yet. There's a place waiting for you to get to that you don't even know yet. And that's the beautiful, that's the unknown. So think about this, um, that there's this surgery going on in our life, right? That, that dad is, is building you and I and, and taking us on. He's conforming us to the image of Christ, right? Uh, even though we have every spiritual blessing, even though we've been born again, we've been, uh, uh, the old things are passed away, all things have become new. We are the, the prototype of who you were designed to be. That is who you are. Bam, instant new creation, right? There's no other like you. And even though all of that spiritual DNA is trapped inside of you, you and I have not stepped into the capacity of walking in that yet. And that's not a bad thing. It's the never-ending story of growth. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. The never-ending story of growth. We, we um, you know, in our company, uh, we, we sometimes we, ah, man, that's one of the things I got to grow in. Sometimes we complain because we, we've never really gotten a chance to plateau. Our company for 21 years, for the most part, uh, probably 85, 90% of that time has been a constant growth. And that sounds great, and it sounds good, and it is good, right? But when you're in that constant growth like that in a business, well, 
you outgrow things, right? You need another forklift. And then you need another forklift. And then you need these other machines because your saw that you do have, you, it doesn't keep up. And then you go buy a new saw and then you realize you get more work and that saw you bought is not the best capacity. So you got to sell that one and buy another one. And then six months later, you need another one. I'm telling you an actual true story of what happened with us, right? And, and it's just on and on and on. And then we get to a place, we get rolling and gunning. And then I get a call on Friday from my operations manager, and he says, hey, man, we got we to gotta put our heads together. I said, okay. And, like, we're cruising, right? We're, we're just about on the freeway. We're just, I'm just ready, to, just about to hit the cruise button with the shop and some things, maybe take a breath. And he says, uh, our purchasing uh, agent just turned in his one-week notice. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Moses, lift up the staff. <laughs> Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> Bring us a purchasing agent that knows the system. One week notice. And so it was like, <gasps> okay, all right, Lord. But see, dad doesn't do that thing with us because everything he does is good. In this situation that we're in, it'll be good. It has no choice. It has to be good. It doesn't have an option because I'm a son and because she's a daughter and it's our company. So no choice. But it's getting to the good is the issue. <laughs> Where do we, how and do we get to that good? And so in that process of capacity, in that understanding from one level to the next of dad pulling us in, there are some dangers. There's some dangers in that process. And so we want to look at a couple of those things today. Not negative, but there's some things that you and I need to look for. I just realized we have some visitors. I don't want to embarrass y'all, but hey, good morning and thank y'all for uh, coming into CORE. Uh, I, I, you look familiar. Ah, VSSM, yeah, 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 okay. And what is your name? Danielle. And you, ma'am? Your name? Carol. It's really good to have y'all with us. Anybody else that I miss? Visitors? Gregory in the back. Oh, Felipe, yeah. Nice to have you with us, sir. Yeah. Well, thank y'all for joining us today and spending some time. It's, it's awesome to see y'all. Um, so Hebrews chapter 3. So um, this is really cool passage. We, we've kind of been in here a little bit, in and out. Uh, and so chapter 1 is where, you know, the writer is talking about how God spoke in various times in the past with prophets, and now, he's, now God speaks all the time, everywhere, in many different ways, right? And then we get a, a danger warning in chapter 2 of neglect, and, and that's a whole other thing. It's a, it's a beautiful passage that church culture actually takes it out of context, right? But, uh, sorry, I'm not going to rabbit trail, or I'm going to do my best not to. And so the writer gets on up to this uh, chapter 3, and uh, he begins to talk about um, Moses and, excuse me, and the work that he did and, and about sonship. And then he gives us a couple of warnings. And so for the sake of, of context, I want to start in verse 1. Uh, and uh, uh, so let's, I'm in the New American Standard. He says, uh, therefore, uh, holy brothers and sisters. Zoe, you like that part? Yeah. <laughs> I got to pick on Zoe a little bit. Uh, inside joke. I love you, sis. Um, 
Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, partake of a heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. He was faithful to him, that, that's God, who appointed him, that's Jesus, as Moses also was in all of his house. Uh, verse 3 says, For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by just so much as the builder of the house is, has more honor than the house. Uh, verse 4 says, For every house is built by someone, and the builder of all things is God. Amen? Um, now Moses, uh, verse 5, was faithful in all God's house as a servant. Everybody say that with me. Say servant. Um, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. See, what happened with Moses, all the thing in the Old Testament is all prophetic. It's a prophetic picture. Moses was a friend of God, right? And he, and, he, and he went up on the mountain, but he was a servant. And it was all a prophetic picture. Um, and so then we get to verse 6, and he makes a comparison. He says, but Christ was faithful as a son. Everybody say son. Uh, Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. You are the tillage, the land. You're the house of the Lord. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit and on and on and on, right? Isn't that beautiful? Um, but look at what he says at the end of verse 6. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house you are, if we hold firmly to our confidence and the boast of our hope. That's, um, that's pretty beautiful there. I want to read that, pas that passage out of uh, the Passion. I love the Passion. Uh, it is uh, butimous, as a friend of mine says. Um, verse 6 in the Passion says, But Christ is more than a servant. He was faithful as the Son in charge of God's house. And now we are part of his, of his house if we continue courageously to hold firmly to our bold confidence and our victorious hope. Let me make one statement real clear um, for us here. Um, I used to believe, uh, Raquel and I actually got saved uh, the first time we got saved. <laughs> it was in a good old Baptist church, Grace Missionary Baptist Church, and Pastor Charles G. Swilling was his name, and uh, he was a, a really good man, had a good heart. Uh, and, and, you know, and they would tell us all these kinds of things and um, uh, just that church culture mentality that uh, if in the Bible meant consequences. It's kind of what they used to say, what they used to think, that if meant consequences. I don't think if means consequences in the Bible. I think it means a better option is there. You just got to find it. Um, because... We used, to, we used to believe in this church culture thing that um, you come down and you say the prayer and you, you, know, you sign the card and check off that you gave your life to Jesus uh, and you follow that prayer. And then if you went out and sinned that afternoon uh, and you died, you go to hell. <laughs> I feel like there should be something in there. And then the magic beans grew and they went, you know, I, I, because that's actually... Not true. Uh, the scripture does not say that. Uh, religion says that so that it can keep you and I in a bind and in the jam because it's an ugly spiritual influence that's not from the Holy Spirit. And sorry, there I'm rabbit trailing. Okay. 
But when there are statements like this, because we're in the new covenant, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Are you glad you're in the better covenant? Yeah? Okay. So he says this statement, right, about holding firmly to the confidence and the boast of our hope. See, the confidence of my hope, the hope that he put in me, is that I'm a son. You're a daughter. You're a son. Right? You're not a servant. Do you know there was a point in my life where my dad and I, we were not, we were not in a good way at all. And uh, we got in a pretty big fight a couple of times. Um, I was young and dumb and hard-headed. Uh, I know none of y'all ever did that. And, uh, you know, my dad was a pretty hard guy as gro- when I was growing up. And um, it just, there was this, this one night where uh, I blew up and I said some pretty ugly things to him. I think I was 17. And I said some ugly things. And there's really, I, I've been in a, in, a, in, a, in a few scrapes and problems and issues growing up. Uh, Northside, La Raza, Fonville High School. I was like, what, there was me and like two other white kids. And like maybe the rest of it broke out a little bit. And uh, man, it was, it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> And all that time, you know, you, you get in some squabbles, you get in some stuff, and you get surrounded or something, your heart races, you get a little nervous, you, you, you know, um, you get a little, little, you can get that little, little scared coming up there, right? Um, but for the most part, I never was really scared when stuff would go, do- get, go down. Like, uh, um, I, I didn't get that way. You know, Ryan kind of threatened me the other day when I, when I talked about him being built. He said, if I do that again, and I, so that didn't scare me. But uh, <laughs> I love you, man. But, man, but you know what? The one person that I'm a, I was always been afraid of, besides Raquel, was my dad. Yeah. I just tell her that. No. Just kidding, baby. Man, my dad, my dad scared me because my dad was a bad dude. Like, he was sheriff's deputy, and he just, he's just a bad guy. One day, we're sitting there, and we're going at it, and I remember that night. I remember the hair on the back of my neck standing up because I thought, man, I'm, I've been whooped before. Man, I'm fixing to get a, what my grandfather would call a mud stomping, <laughs> right? And uh, I said something really bad to my dad, and my dad turns around and said something really bad to me, and... and um, I don't talk like that anymore, so I won't tell you what I said. But my dad looked at me and said, yeah, well, then you're just not even my son anymore. Oh, man. And as much anger and, and animosity as I had at that moment, it hurt. It still hurt. And um, I, think he, I think he kicked my toolbox or something. <laughs> he did something, and he walked off and left. He left me. And... Uh, I will say that since then, my dad is one of my heroes, man. He really is. I love my dad so much. Um, and uh, we've, we've totally got a great relationship. Uh, so don't, if you, when you see my dad, don't go stomp on him, John. Don't, don't do that. He, I love him. But you know what I, that night when he said that, you know those are just words because nothing will ever change my position as his son. Nothing I did and nothing he did. 
And so, sorry that I just rambled and rabbit trailed, but the freebie is, is that you can't change your sonship. And we can, we can go to uh, Mia's table and talk about all that if you want to. They got a great ribeye there. I love it. Um, he says to hold firmly to the confidence and the boast of your hope. Your hope is your sonship, your daughtership, and your inheritance as a citizen of the heavenly realm, right? That's who you are. That's how we are. So let's, let's go on. He says, uh, and then he quotes um, these uh, scriptures uh, that are, um, there, there's some other passages here that he's, that he's quoting on uh, or quoting out of. Um, and he says, uh, verse 7, therefore, Holy Spirit says, uh, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as when they provoked me. Uh, as on the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my work for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my way. As I swore in my anger, they certainly shall not enter my rest. So he's talking about an old covenant happening with the children of Israel in the Old Testament. It's in Exodus. You can read. There's other passages as well. I can get those for you if you want them. But so we read all that just to have a base and a foundation here for this next part. In verse 12, where he says, uh, take care, brothers and sisters, that there will not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another every day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we keep the beginning of our commitment firm until the end. And so we want to look at these passages here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, in verse 12, take heed, brothers and sisters, that there will not be in any one of you an evil or unbelieving heart. So let's let's look at those words right there. Y'all know I love I love digging into the actual language uh, that it was written in. Um, I do think some of our, our translation is just I mean it's only it's messed up. Yeah, some of it is just dead wrong. Uh, and but um, and I don't mean that like the store Bible's away. I don't mean that at all. Right? The Bible's my best friend. But uh, I love to dig into the actual language it was written in, whether it's Hebrew, Aramaic, or, or Greek, um, because there's, there's, just, there's some things that are lost at some points uh, that we don't get the best translation of. Um, but anyway, let's look here. Um, so, uh, take heed, brothers and sisters, lest there be in you any evil or unbelieving heart. So evil, this word evil right here... Um, uh, it's, the Greek word is panairos. Yeah. One day I'm going to learn how to say Greek properly. I actually, I have another app where I, le I learned, a, I found another app where I can actually hear how to pronounce it. And it was pretty cool. I'm over here, panairos, and I'm trying to sound in Spanish. I'm trying to roll my R's. And they don't do that. They got a in there, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying. But panairos. It, see there, I did it again, man. I can't, I can't help it. I think I'm saying arroz y frijoles or something, man. Uh, it means uh, uh, several things. It toilsome or bad, evil, wicked, malicious, or slothful. And um, it's an adjective 
but it's derived from another word that it really means laborious trouble. Uh, it is, uh, it emphasizes uh, agony and misery um, that all, and, and these other words that always go with the word you and I know as evil. So it's interesting to me that the writer would put that word in there, that Holy Spirit would direct him to say the word evil, right? And then the next word, unbelieving heart or unbelief, uh, this word really fascinated me. Uh, apistia. That one is actually, I said it right. Apistia, that's how you say it. Um, so it, it, in, the, in the real quick down and dirty, uh, it means un, unbelief or unfaithfulness or distrust. But it breaks down in some interesting fashions here. Um, uh, it, it, it comes actually, get this, it comes from the word pistos, which is actually the word faithful. So unbelieving comes from the word faithful. It's just a negative form of it. So faith and belief, again, we find they're tied together. Does that make sense? So look here, he says, um, um, oh, wait, that's the wrong, whoops, technology. Y'all bear with me, I lost, I went to the wrong app for that one, my bad. Y'all know the blue letter Bible? Ooh, I love it. It's new to me. Um, I usually use Bible Hub for all these interesting things. But um, let me get back here real quick. Unbelief or unbelieving is how it actually is. Um, apistia. And um, yeah, unfaithfulness or faithless, a, a lack of faith or unbelief or a weakness of faith. So um, there's the sense of betraying trust. With this word, there's the sense of not being faithful tied into to unbelieving. So I found it interesting. Why would a writer who's writing to, to believers talk about an evil and an, um, an unbelieving heart um, and that that would cause us to depart from the living God is what one of the, one of the translations say. And as I was reading over these definitions... What I've realized and noticed, and we'll see some more here in just a second. How many of you remember or were here when I taught about light and darkness? Or did you get to see that? If you didn't, man, go back and check that out. Um, because the word for darkness in the Greek is skotia. And darkness, it has a thing that it does. Like it's, it's nature. The nature of darkness is not evil. The nature of darkness is that it goes where there is a lack of faith. And what it's meant to do, what darkness not meant to do, what it does is it blocks the light of God. It casts a shadow. So God is everywhere, right? But his light is not. Don't throw the bricks. If there was light, if light was already everywhere, there wouldn't need to be the need for a scripture that says, go be the light of the world. And it wouldn't be another scripture that says where darkness is or dark or light is, darkness must flee. And we're invading. Light is still actually moving and creating. Scientists have discovered that it's still going and it's still moving and still creating from 
the very first creation is crazy, right? But so imagine the sun is here and here's an area that you want the sun to hit. But what happens when you stand in front of it? It casts a shadow. It blocks that light, correct? We know all about shadows here in Houston, Texas, because we love it. Because in the June and July, it's hot, right? We know about shadows. But what, caught, what allows darkness or scotia to be where it is and where it's casting a shadow is a lack of faith, a, a, a misplacement of faith. And so this unbelieving heart is tied in with a place where there is a lack of faith, something that we don't believe yet. Look, for so many years, for 25 years, I looked at this as a negative. Oh, there's a part of me that's not believing. You know, I want to get my whip and nine tails and slash my back and do my penance and unbeliever. And I don't want a part of me that doesn't believe. But the truth is there are parts of me that don't believe. There's a whole nother continuation of my life that I don't believe yet because I've not arrived. And neither have you. There's a part that I haven't stepped into yet. And it's not necessarily a negative, but all the way back to when I first started, before I started rambling, it's that there's a capacity that I haven't reached yet because my belief, my faith hasn't pushed me into that yet because my growth has not caught up to where my capacity can go and where he's trying to pull me and lead me. And that's why Raquel has to get after me sometimes to teach me some things, right? And the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense at all? There's a, there's a, there's a part of me in you that I haven't stepped into this part of my capacity. And it's not so much that you sinful unbeliever, believe God forever. You know, man, have you ever been around those people? I used to be one. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, just believe God. You better pray. One time Raquel was just talking to someone in our family. And it, you know those people that they just always want to minister to you? They're in a church, church culture. <laughs> they don't know how to be family. But this person just, there was something going on. And, or actually, it wasn't you. It wasn't you that that happened to. It was someone else in our family was talking to someone else. And it's just, they just wanted to talk and just, and just share my heart here. Here's what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. You just need to pray. You need to ask Jesus. You need to pray. Shandai that thing, man. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And for so long, I looked at unbelief as a negative thing. And granted, there may be some spots in my life that it is a negative, like because I'm still growing out of church culture, out of thinking, right? But today, I want to tell you, number one, first of all, don't be negative with your unbelief. Don't sit here. Please, for goodness sake, do not beat yourself up. If you beat yourself up for something, I'm going to come beat you up. Right? John says, no, you're not. (laughs) An unbelieving heart is not necessarily a negative. He mentions evil in there because I believe that evil is one thing as we have one word for that. But we have another word for unbelief. And listen, you and I know, you know when when you do something wrong. When something falls in that evil category, you know. Right? And, And you know because dad doesn't want you living that way or 
See, there I go. It's not even about living that way. It's about being that way. We don't follow the list of rules anymore. We follow him. And so in, in, in this point of capacity and growing, as he's speaking and leading and, and guiding and pulling us closer and deeper, it's to a greater capacity. Pulling towards a greater capacity. And you don't, you don't, you're not at that capacity yet because you haven't been there yet. You haven't learned to go there yet. What, man, what about when God shows you something that you just get a little taste of and you know you're trying, yeah, that's where I got to go. And now you got to go through the process of, of growing to that place. Sometimes growing doesn't feel good. And sometimes it's great, right? Man. So, unbelieving heart. There are several other passages I want to look at with this. Um, let's go to um, um, Mark 16 and 14. Mark 16 and 14. I'm going to be careful on my technology stuff here. Mark 16 and 14. Are you there yet? All right. Y'all win. Y'all beat me. (laughs) Um, So then Jesus appeared as... uh, They were eating a meal, and he corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after the resurrection. This is after, you know, he comes back to the disciples, and people were saying, um, uh, you know, hey, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that he, he was negative towards Thomas. I think it was one of those, man, come on, Thomas. Come on, man. It's me. Come on, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Like, I don't know, it was Thomas. Our dad's not like that. He doesn't do that. Is that true? If, if, if he's doing that to you, then I think you have a misperception. And I know because I lived in that for 25 years. And it's not, it's not, it's not dad. He's not that way. It's our vision of him. Um, you know, we heard a message uh, from someone, and this it was a, 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 a young woman, and she was talking about how um, she got so angry with God. Um, she was in a you know, leadership home and all this, PK kid and all this stuff, and she got so mad with God that one day she cussed him out. She started dropping all these F-bombs at God. Seriously. And she heard God more clear than she ever had in her life, and he says, I'm so glad that you're at this place. And she's like, huh? And he says, because your view of me has been wrong the whole time. The God that you're cussing out, that's not me. Your perception has been wrong. So let me show you who I am. And then she just jello on the floor, right? (laughs) So uh, he's coming at them and saying this part about they did not believe that it was him. Um, let's, let's go to um, Mark chapter 9. This is a pretty, um, pretty familiar passage. 
uh, and this this really I was gonna I was gonna hit some more scripture, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one kind of settle all of it. Mark nine. Um, this is where the demon-possessed son comes in. You know, transfiguration had just happened at the beginning. And um, let's see, where can, we, where can we pick this up? Let's, let's pick up at, um, at verse 19. This is Jesus talking, and he, he answers um, the scribe. And uh, he says, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you, and how long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me, talking about the boy. Uh, and they brought him to him, and when they saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed in the boy, and he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so he asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him into the fire, the spirit has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And in verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible, or if you can believe, then all things are possible to him who believes. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. If you can believe. Um, okay, you passion readers, let's read the passion. Uh, verse 23 in the passion says, uh, what do you mean if? What do you mean if, if you are able to believe, then all things are possible to the believer? See, the, the connotation in the verse is that, that uh, Jesus is like, if. <laughs> you remember, there's, remember, what you talking about, Willis? You remember that show? <laughs> are you crazy? What are you talking about? I swear I picture Jesus like, If. You know, you're talking. No, he, I don't think Jesus was all arrogant and, and rude about it. <laughs> if. And he says, no, son. If you can believe. So that shows us there's a, there's a gap there in this man's belief, right? It's not Jesus' fault. It's not dad's fault. He says, if you can believe. There's a part on you and I that requires us stepping into an area that we do not yet believe in. You're not wrong for unbelieving some things. You heard Raquel mention last week that, you know, to John how they both joked and talked about Jesus walked through walls. Why can't we? Right? <laughs> yeah, they're weird. <laughs> There's so many other weird things that happen in the Bible. You won't step into capacity if you don't step. It's time for you and I to not be condemned by what we don't know, but to be compelled by who we know. Compelled to step in to the full capacity of where you can reside right now. Does that make sense? So he tells him, um, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes, and immediately the father, he cries out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. In the Passion, he says, help my little faith. It, do you see the difference? Unbelieving and is, is also, that, that's another, it's the same word. 
in, in uh, both passages. Little faith, lack of faith, unbelief. It's just the part that this man hasn't been pulled in to. He hasn't stepped into the capacity yet. And, uh, and when he goes on, he says, When Jesus saw that the crowd was quickly growing, he commanded the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter again. And the demon shrieks. The boy, uh, he went into a terrible seizure and on and on. And, he, and uh, <laughs> the demon leaves. So I believe that it happened because the father stepped in from little faith to faith. I, I, I mean, that's what he said, right? He told him, if you believe, then all things can happen. And he came out. The man had a, a part of his heart that was unbelieving, and he stepped into belief, and his son gets healed. Does this make sense? Are you all with me? Yes? Um, who, man... Yeah. Okay. Let's go back to uh, let's go back to Hebrews three. Uh, yeah, Hebrews three. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Back to Hebrews three. We're going to look at um, at verse thirteen because there's something here that I really want to I really want to lay a good understanding for before we get out of here. Um, Hebrews three. Are you there? So verse 12 again says, Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. That word, is a, that's a phrase right there, falls away. And it means like to drift or like to, to turn, to shift. Um, if you and I, I this is what I, what I gather from this passage. If you and I uh, sit in complacency, we never grow to capacity. I, if I just stay here, I never get to go. I never get to do. I never get to fulfill. I never get to create. I never get to expound. I never get to grow to capacity. I never, I never go. And I believe what this passage is saying is to be aware and not be hindered by unbelief, but to run through it. Does that make sense? And, and so the danger is, is if I just sit still, I think there's a danger here of drifting. Of drifting from, from my, my position of my heart and my capacity. Am I saying that if I drift, I'm going to go to hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. And that's a whole other conversation. What I'm saying is that we're not meant to sit. And unbelief is a position of sitting and waiting. Unbelief is a position of not stepping into what the capacity is for my life, for my relationship, for what God is doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So verse 13, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so um, sin is something I want to I talk about. Um, this word sin is actually an archery term. And you've probably heard this before. I know all of us in School of Kingdom know this, that um, it's an archery term. And it means missing the target 
or missing the mark, actually. Um, nobody picks up a bow and arrow and wants to miss. How about them knuckleheads that go bear hunting with bows and arrows? Are you serious? Like, they go bear hunting with a bow. You better not have no sin. Because <laughs> if you miss that mark, <laughs> you dead. <laughs> I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Um, man, I'm just having this. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, I'm just, so, um, <laughs> it means to miss the mark, or to be mistaken, uh, or to be without a share in, um, to miss or wander from the path, um, um, and actually, when it comes to, it actually says to wander, um, to wander off. So, what he's there's a warning here, right? Um, it's time to encourage one another, and, and I love the passion to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Um, missing the mark uh, doesn't allow you to walk in your identity if you keep missing. It keeps you. It hinders you, right? I mean, if you're out there, if you're out there, man, what if, uh, uh, what if Y2K would have happened and we all had to start hunting for food again and then we ran out of bullets, right? Zombie apocalypse and we got no, no bullets and <laughs> we got to use bow and arrows and you're not a good shot, right? Not good, not cool. Man, I thought that would have got a laugh or something, but okay. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse, okay, sorry. Um... <laughs> We're not meant to miss. We're not meant to miss. Amen? And so the, the point of this is when we miss, that fuels the unbelief. The, like it, it fuels the part of you that doesn't believe yet. And if there is a part of us that, I hate to use the word evil, but that's what the scripture said. If there's a part of us that, that still has some ugliness to deal with, that, and we all have something, we all have our issues, right? None of us are perfect yet, right? And it's the combination of those that keep us missing the mark that not, let us, not allow us to walk in our capacity as a son or a daughter and fulfill the, the destiny that you have. And so... The, the, the be careful, the, the thing that he says here to us is uh, uh, exhort one another daily while he's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Lest you are hardened by the missing of the mark. Let me read it from the Passion one more time. This is a time to encourage each other uh, to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Um, for we are mingled with the Messiah if we continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. It's beautiful. Amen. Um, the uh, unbelief will keep you from your capacity if you stay in the unbelief.
sin or missing the mark. And, and I, I full on believe. Um, sorry, that's going to ramble. Sorry, let me come back to that later. <laughs> Unbelief will, will cause you to stay complacent. It'll cause me to not walk in my identity, my calling, the, my sphere of influence and what I'm meant to do and how I'm meant to fulfill his plan. And sin, if I, I, I feel like if I, the reason I think he's warning so much on that is because if I stay in an unbelieving state, if I don't push and move, if I just take a seat, then I think some of that stubbornness that he talks about in verse 14 is going to stick in my life. And he says that's a bad thing. And he says that that will push me to missing the mark and it'll bring a little bit of destruction in my life. And I don't want that. And I know you don't want it either. So what does that mean? You know, I don't know. If you're trying to carry bags of groceries, try to carry more and increase your capacity. <laughs> if you're trying to pray for somebody and you've never seen a, 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 an arm completely changed or grown out or healed, then to go for it. If you're trying to speak to someone um, you think God is, I love the word, highlighting, right? If he's highlighting somebody to you and you're scared, you've never done that before, just, just go and try. Don't always sit back. Don't wait. Don't sit in the unbelieving state. We're going to attempt some things this year because this is the year of our yes. This is the year of our stepping into our gifting. Yes? We're shifting gears into second gear, right? It's the second year. Um, and, and so... The, the thing is, we're going to have the option and the opportunity to step into some things that we've not done or accomplished yet. We don't know how to do it. Look, look, you know what's crazy is we're doing something that has not actually been done before. I mean, there's other glimpses in, in, in portions of it. I don't want to be Bethel. I'm sorry. I love Bill Johnson. I love Chris Valentin. That sucker's crazy. But I don't want to be them, and I'm not going to try to be them. Raquel and I, we are, we are going to hear what the Lord says to us and what he says to y'all, and we're going to be what core church was determined to be from him. And that's going somewhere that we have never been before. I was talking to Dub the other day. That's what it was. That's the other thing I forgot. So I was talking to Dub, and... And um, we were talking about, uh, y'all have heard the word. If you don't, then we can talk to you. But we've had two highly, highly accurate prophetic people uh, that are, I'm not trying to be weird here, but they're very well known. They walk in a high level of accuracy, both of them. And they, two weeks apart, come in to see us two and a half years ago when, or something. And um, they don't know each other. And God gave them almost the same word for core church, that we would be, uh, we would do something that had not been done before, and that one of them said we would be a resource center, and one said we would be a hub of resources. And that doesn't mean we're going to have a food bank, although that would be great. We're going to be the resource center for people to step into deeper capacity. And the other part of it is, here's the cool part, is other, the way it was worded is that the Nicodemuses were going to come out of the woodwork to come to us and say, how did you do this and what did you do? The religious part, the church culture is going to run to you guys to figure out what the heck did you do? 
How did you do this? What are you doing? Because we're going to do some things that have not been done before. And um, that's going to take not sitting in complacency, but stepping into the unknowing. And that's not wrong. And we're going to take some steps and we're going to make a mistake. And that's okay. It's all right. We're going to learn. Amen? I'm giving you this today. This is, this is what was on my heart all week as he was telling me, Chris, I, I want more capacity out of you. That's what he was telling me. And I'm like, okay, I want that too. <laughs> I really do. And it was one of the days when we were talking, I was driving in the truck and I'm like, yeah, dad, I, I, I want to grow. I want to grow. I really do. And I, turn, I turned around and I told him, I said, I know that I'm saying that, but I know I don't understand what I'm saying either. I know that. I know there's a piece here that I don't get because I haven't been there. And I, 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 said, I said, look, <laughs> I, said, if I'm st- I said, if I'm standing like this, can you give me a push? <laughs> can, you, can you help me see? And, and what was in the, in the conversation back and forth, it, the, the point that he gave to me was, I'm not going to push you. I'm going to pull you. But do you want to go? Do you want to go? Do you, you, have to not, you have to not have unbelief. Does that make sense? That's what he was telling me. So I'm encouraging you today. I hope this is encouraging to you that look for the part of your life that is unbelief. Not from a negative, oh, I'm sinning standpoint, church, culture, spirit of religion mindset, but from the mindset of, man, what am I not believing for that I can step into? Man, dad, where do you want to pull me from? You know, the other day, there was some of us that hung out in the living room till 3.42 in the afternoon. I was about to starve to death. I almost died. I almost lost my life right there in the, in the living room. But you know what happened in there? What was so amazing is there was a group of women that had a conversation and most of them hadn't really had real depth conversation before, but they got to go to another place. And now today there's going to be some things happen that came out of that conversation. Is it religious? We're going to start a new ministry and we're going to get a board. And no, I'm not knocking the board. I just, that just came. (laughs) The point is, is that They weren't complacent. We sat around being family and some stuff came out of, wow, what about, what if, hmm. And then there was a yes. And now there's going to be something come out of that, that we're going to, they're going to attempt. Does that make sense? All because we were being family and we weren't afraid to say yes and let's try. I love it, man. So. Let's see what we can step into. Let's see when you ask the Lord where this is what I'm doing. Okay, where's my unbelief? And let me be like that guy in Mark 9. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. He's not going, I don't think, I don't think God doesn't force us. That's my take. We had this great conversation on free will. We're we're trying to get through. We're not robots, right? Yes, I can do the robot. No, I can do it. I can, I can pop and lock, but I ain't going to do it right now. 
We're not robots with him, and he's not going to stand behind us. And at least I don't, I don't see it that way in the scripture. I don't see. Maybe, maybe he will. There's been times where I felt like he's just grabbed a hold of me and pulled me in. He just, he's looking to bring us into our capacity because there's so much more in all of us. So let's step where we don't know. Let's dive into the unknown and let's shake off any negativity, any ugliness. Come on, y'all know we don't have to stand up here and, and rant and rave about you sinners because you're not sinners. You know when something comes in your life and it doesn't need to be there. You know that. You know when there's an issue that, man, I just don't like that guy. You know you got to deal with that. Come on, man. We all know that stuff, right? Oh, okay. Cool. I'll make sure. I'm make sure. Is this core church? <laughs> stand with me if you would this morning. He's good, amen? Amen. I am, uh, I'm fixing to start diving in and and taking y'all into some of the stuff out of uh, School of Kingdom that we've learned in some deeper detail. I want to start to really teach you where you have a really good, firm background, understanding, and depth of citizenship and um, what it is to be a citizen. Well, there's a whole lot going on right now in our, in our nation about rights and laws and constitution and all that stuff, right? Listen, y'all, it's, it's all going to, y'all know I'm an old country guy, an old farm boy. My grandma used to say, it's all going to work out in the wash. Throw all that in the wash and it's all going to work out. You know, there's some ugly things in front of us. I don't care what side you're on. I think there's stupidity on all of them. That ought to get a big amen. Um, But our nation, um, we've gone through it before. We've gone through this ugliness. And um, we don't have a Democrat or Republican Party uh, problem. Uh, We have a heart problem. We have a problem where the church has been a church and not been the kingdom people. That's what the problem has been. It's time to be kingdom and walk in capacity, not church. We don't want nothing to do with church. Sorry. We're not going to be a church. We're trying to be people that release the kingdom, that extend the heart, right, and the authority of the Father. So as we step into some things, I'm believing, I'm believing that we're going to step in some things that are governmental. Well, let me rephrase that. I believe you are. <laughs> Core church. There's some things you're going to step into that are governmental. Um, because we have that calling. We have that, that identity as sons and daughters. Um, golly, man, I could really run off right here, but I won't. You remember when Matt was here, or if any of y'all listened to that, the word church in, in, the, in the word, 97% of the time, it is a governmental word. There's only three percent of the only three percent of it was used to describe this right here because it's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, ecclesia. It's a governmental term. Anyway, ah, I want to run. Okay, capacity. We're gonna unload all the bags at one time, Father. That's what we're gonna do. Um, I wanted to do something different this morning. You don't have to do this. But I was going to ask if you want to step into this with me, um, if you want to lift your hand just as a prophetic act, uh, showing the Lord.
that uh, I hope that what I shared today made sense. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm asking, Father, I'm asking you to increase my faith. I'm asking you, my capacity will grow. My capacity to walk in my destiny, my calling will grow as my faith increases in what I don't yet know or understand or walk in. And so, Father, right now, I am asking that you help me to step into the capacity that you have for me that I can handle. Lord, help my unbelief. Let me be like the Father in Mark 9. Help the part of me that is little faith. Help me step into the greater uh, works that you have for us. And I pray this for Core Church. All of these people here, all the ones watching, all the ones listening, Lord, that when they hear this, that I pray that there would be an instant recognition of where there is a, a place in our life that needs greater faith and greater increase. And help us to step into that, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see it, recognize it, and have the courage and the strength to step out on the cliff and walk with you in the capacity that you have for us. Man, Jesus, we love you. We thank you today. I thank you so much, Father. I just speak your blessing over every single aspect and person in this place, every aspect of their life, uh, for their finances, uh, Lord God, for their families, for their homes, for the tires on their car. Lord God, just, uh, just every aspect of their life, Father. Bless them, bless them, bless them, Father. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen and amen. Don't forget, uh, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. So don't forget, um, tithes and offerings, we are giving online now. The, the, we've been doing that, but the app is fixed. Thank you, Sarah. She's amazing. Uh, if you have any issues with that, please uh, ask Sarah, ask myself, uh, tithes and offerings. You know, you know I've, I've been saying this a, a lot for years because it's true. Raquel and I don't get a salary uh, from the church. We haven't. And uh, you know really why it is? It's not a poverty mindset thing. It's just that we believe so much in what God is doing here that uh, we're willing to, we want to make an investment. We're not here for, for money. We're here to invest. We're here to watch it grow and become crazy, stupid good. So we're excited. So uh, everything you give, uh, tithes, offerings, that goes towards the ministry. I joke about keeping the air conditioning and all that on, but we've got some things happening and changing. That's why now we're able to do the cameras and record and all that stuff. And we're going to have more of that coming up. But also, huh, March, mark your calendars, March 12th through 14th, Dub Alexander will be with us. Um, and uh, so we're looking... We're looking to do three services is what we kind of want to do. A Friday night, a Saturday early evening uh, is what we're talking about. And then Sunday morning, of course. Um, and he's willing to do anything. He says, look, I'll come in all day. He'll, and he will. He'll pull a 14-hour, and we're not going to do that. <laughs> but um, uh, we'll get back with some more information on that. Uh, there's a lot of other things that's coming up. So, like, uh, what we get to do now is we get to invest and have great people and friends come in like that. Uh, to impart in us. Amen? Amen? So it's good stuff. God bless you all. Be safe, and we'll see you. If you need anything at all, please come and see us. If there's prayer you need, uh, just come reach out. We love you. If there's anybody online you need prayer, just type it in the chat, and we'll get with you. We love you all. God bless.